On the journey to going from nine to five to successful business owner, there are going to be some rough spots we face throughout the journey. And it's in these rough spots where we have to cultivate a greater sense of confidence and courage to get through those rough spots and end off better than we were before we first got into that rough spot. So that's why we're going to talk about how do we build our confidence and courage for those moments so we are able to thrive and continue moving forward. Our guest who joins us is the creator of yourcourageouslife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com, and author of The Courage Habit, How to Accept Your Fears, Release the Past, and Live Your Courageous Life. She helps individuals, teams, and companies see where old fear-based habits have kept people stuck or started to limit what's possible for an organization, and then Start creating more courageous lives by getting into the courage habit, which is a four-part process for behavioral and organizational change that we are going to jump into in this episode. Our guest who joins us is none other than Kate Swaboda. Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Kate, I'm so happy to have you on Ditch the Job and confidence and courage. Those are two things we always need, especially during this time. At the time of recording, we have the coronavirus going on. That is really having a big effect on a lot of people's lives. And that is a rough spot for uh, a lot of people and organizations, which is why an interview like this one is certainly timely. I'm wondering if you can share with us um, how you decided to really rally around the courage habit and make that the thing you wanted to focus on? Well, I was that, you know, kind of stereotypical overachiever and, um, you know, went to college and, you know, got the good grades and got out of college and started climbing the ladder at the job that I had at that time. And um, then a, a very unexpected, not logical, um, thing happened to me, which was that I was sitting in a meeting and they were talking about a project that everybody was agreeing to work on. And I was so overworked and I had been really looking forward to this break that was coming up. And at this meeting, someone proposed, uh, you know what, let's spend our break working on this project and come back from break and everybody can present where they're at with it. And something just climbed up into me. And I, I think of it as like that intuitive voice and just went, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was like, you know, once you hear it, you can't unhear it kind of a thing. And that really sent me reeling because I had thought that I had done all the right things and my own best thinking had gotten me right there. And where there was, was all this work and I don't want to do this anymore. So how do you trust yourself? How do you handle that? Um, and I can imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast have had some of those moments and then it's like, well, what now? So for a while, I went about, try, you know, all the things people try. Maybe I can make it work. Maybe I just need to be at a different organization. Maybe if I just had a slightly different role. Maybe if I made more money. Maybe if I had different hours. Maybe, you know, and I, I went through all of that. And what it really came down to was that there were parts of the work that I was doing that I very much liked, but there were other parts that I truly did not like. And I needed to make an entire career pivot and that was how I found my way pivoting to coaching and running an online business. And then as I started to coach, how I landed on courage as a habit was just purely through virtue of working with clients, 
Um, like many entrepreneurs, I started out thinking, I'll just kind of put it out there and see what happens. And um, what I, I paid attention to what I was fascinated by and what I started to find myself really fascinated by was how we get stuck in fear, how we get unstuck from fear. And everything that I do now surrounding courage and how we create courageous habits came out of that period. And uh, so it's, it's <laughs> you'll notice a lot of courage around everything I do. And it's interesting how, you know, we all have that, not all of us, but everyone who does eventually ditch their job has that, I don't want to do this anymore. What am I doing here? And you do have to pivot to figure out what it is that you want to do. But it's one thing to say, I want to do this. It's another thing to actually do it in a sustainable way where you're still able to pay your living expenses. So I'm wondering if you could share with us uh, how you went from, oh, I don't want to do this from a feeling of, you know, poor me to a feeling of empowerment and being confident enough to truly make that change and fully embrace your work. Well, I think confidence is something of a booby prize. You know, we think if, if I were confident, I'd do anything. And then we don't want to do anything often until we feel confident. So the, the truth of the story is that I took a sabbatical from my job and then promptly could not pay my bills. You know, it was totally so, so common with entrepreneurs, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Well, not really, not really, or not often, you know, the, the lucky people, I don't begrudge when they, when they have it happen that way, but I was not that person. So I, I, I did a sabbatical, had to go back to my job. I actually, over the course of my entire coaching career, three different times tried to just jump ship very suddenly um, when I got to places where I was burned out or when I was not happy and every single time total, totally just did not work. Even when I, I saved up a, a bunch of money. And a couple years ago, I heard Scott Belsky giving an interview in which he talked about the concept of, of entrepreneurship, as I recall it, um, through the metaphor of you've got to build yourself a runway. And so when a plane is taking off on a runway, it needs two things to take flight. It needs a certain length of runway and it needs a certain amount of velocity. Otherwise it doesn't take off. You can't have a short runway and then take off. You can't have not enough velocity and take off. You have to have both. And so I think of that metaphor as such an apt metaphor for entrepreneurship. Build yourself a runway. Your, the length of your runway is time which is on your side, as long as your velocity, which is consistency, is there. So if you give it time, and if you are consistent, you will manage to take flight. And people, of course, have all kinds of tips and tricks for how you can build a better engine, and you can build a better runway, and you can, you know, like get up and running faster. By and in large, though, what I found is that it takes a couple years. Sometimes it can take less than a year but you're gonna to have to invest either your time or your money into making it happen. And you're going to have to be consistent and you're gonna to have to actually go, I'm gonna do this. The other metaphor that I sometimes use for people to really understand like how this momentum starts to build is if you could imagine a wheel on a spoke and you wanna turn the wheel. And when you first are trying to get the wheel moving, you have to take your hand and kind of push the wheel, push the wheel, push the wheel, push the wheel. And it's on that spoke. And if you let go for a little while, it will turn on its own, on its own momentum. But if you don't occasionally give it another push, 
then the momentum dies out. And what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing that um, can be a kind of Achilles heel is going out with all this momentum for about six months. And then when there's crickets or when things don't pan out the way they expected, that's when they back off or they go, maybe this doesn't work or they have a crisis of confidence and they think it's them. And so the biggest thing that I would say for those entrepreneurs trying to um, get that momentum or find that courage and confidence would be, first of all, you're going to fall on your butt multiple times because you're going to try things that don't work. And, and two, you're going to have to go through that to become more courageous, to become more confident. You're going to have to build the runway and be willing to be on the runway, bring the length, bring the velocity, or if you like the wheel metaphor better, turn that wheel. Because if you don't, you lose momentum and then the courage actually never develops. You get courage through doing, not through hoping. And I do like that emphasis on the what can we do versus what can we think and envision ourselves doing, but not follow through with that idea of doing versus hope. And uh, just each step you do is validation that you can do this. Like it's yes. one thing to say, I want to hit a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. It's another thing to uh, create the videos, see the yes. traction. And that's how you build up that confidence. Now I know we live at a time where a lot of people have uh, a lot of people are doing sabbaticals and it's not because they want to, it's just because of the nature of the situation. So how did you make the most out of your sabbatical? What were some of the things that uh, you did that really helped you propel forward? What were some things that if you could go back, you would have done differently? Because I know there was a stressful time uh, with paying expenses. So I'm wondering if you can uh, elaborate on that. Um, well, I, I think I was, I was very, I've always been attracted to values-driven marketing. So values-driven meaning I, I look at what are my values, the things that bring me joy, that feel good to do, and let me do those things rather than something that just feels like, eh, I got to sit down, I got to market. So when I did that, and this was pre-Facebook being a thing, I'm that much of an internet dinosaur, everybody. Um, it was around, but it wasn't super popular. Um, I just really settled on what I love to do is I love to write. So a lot of my earliest marketing efforts were all about emphasizing the writing on my website and then also writing guest posts. And um, I feel really good about that. So would recommend it to people if it's what they're attracted to um, from the place of it being very values driven. Something I wish I would have done differently or done it sooner because I do it now pay attention to search engine optimization. It's like if you write something, if a tree falls a forest, if, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's around to hear it, did it make a sound? It's very much like that with the, the content that we create. If you create something, but you have not actually optimized the search engine so that Google can tell like, oh, this person's trying to help you. Like when people type in, feeling stuck around fear. Like I, I want them to find my website, <laughs> how to live with more courage. I want them to find my website. So I think that that's like a nitty gritty thing that it just didn't even occur to me to do. And I was pretty amazed because once I actually did many years ago, optimize my site for better SEO, I literally within uh, uh, one quarter saw my search engine hits go up five times. Um, and I use the, for WordPress, the Yoast SEO plugin. 
I highly recommend it. If you're not on WordPress, I'm just not as familiar with what the options are for that. But if you are on WordPress, that's, that was a game changer. It was huge, like literally five times the growth. You could just see it right on a, a Google search console report. And it's interesting you focus on giving back in the form of content and serving your audience. Uh, content's a long-term game though. Yes. Uh, you yes. create a lot of content. You got to see what works. Uh, not do less of what's not working. Do more of what is working and figure out how you're going to optimize your content. I mean, search engine optimization is really important. I do that more on the YouTube side where I'm using tools like vidIQ and TubeBuddy to uh, get more exposure for my videos. But there is that long-term approach when it comes to content creation. And uh, just getting out of your job is a long-term game by nature. So I'm wondering if you could share with us how can we continue that fight in the long-term perspective? Because, you know, one month, three months, six months, maybe you're not getting enough results and you think about, uh, you know, this thing's not meant for me. How do you stick around year one, year two and see your goal of completion? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with passion. Like I'm not selling widgets. I'm selling something that I'm actually really invested in and fascinated by. Um, you know, this is, you know, to talk about courage is not just a pithy hook for me for marketing purposes. It's central to my life and my way of being. So I would say, you know, if you're going to throw your heart and soul into creating a business, let's have it be something where you get a lot of gratification out of it. So you're reframing, especially in the early years, and I love that you point out it's a long game because it absolutely is. Um, I'm not writing this to try to hurry up and grab a customer. I'm writing this because it's my passion and I think that it's valuable. It's been an insight that's been helpful to me. What I will say too about the long game is that it really does add up. I repurpose content all the time. I have um, blog posts from four or five, 10 years ago, and it's a new year and a new graphic and it goes out to Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. And there are absolutely people who didn't see it years ago who now are seeing it for the first time. And, and people are like, well, I would feel kind of bad. Like I'm tricking, I've had people ask me, I would feel kind of bad. Like, are you kind of tricking them when you put that out and it's actually five years old? And I'm just sitting here like, if it's useful, why is that tricking someone? Tricking someone is like saying, if you follow this link, you'll get to this blog post and then doing a gotcha and not letting them see the post. That's a trick, you know? I'm, I'm not doing anything other than saying, here's my perspective on X, Y, and Z. Click this if you wanna read it and people can read it. And I change out the graphic to freshen it up once in a while. I don't see that as any different than giving your house a paint job, you know, every couple of years. Yeah, and repurposing your content, that's just something you have to do to make it easier for you to scale your reach, make it easier for you to reach more people. And that's the type of stuff that helps you have the impact you want to have. And you tie that all to something you love. It's going to be easier for you to put in the work and put in those extra hours after the nine to five. So that, you know, in the long term, this is just the only thing that you do. And Kate's been able to do that very effectively for herself. Uh, I mean, she is really like, you know, their brand is courage. You got the courage habit. Uh, you've got your courageous life.com. We've got all that stuff. We'll throw in the show notes. Do you have any other places you want us to go to uh, keep following your work and journey? Uh, sh sure. You can find me on Instagram, probably my favorite social media hangout as Kate Courageous. My book, The Courage Habit is on Amazon. 
Um, and I would also say too, uh, I host quite a few webinars. So if people head to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin, um, they can learn more about um, some of that live content. And then I have a digital marketing program called The Coaching Blueprint, which is at coachingblueprint.com. We'll have all those links available in the show notes. But Kate, once again, thank you so much for joining us on Ditch the Job. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me.